Podcast. Seeking the food, you know, seeking the entertainment, right? All of those things that we're seeking to help further that disconnect and to numb and to pad and to protect ourselves because that's what we've been taught to do. That's what we've learned to do in, in order to dull that sensitivity. And so when that shift happens, it's like all of a sudden you're loving in technicolor. <laughs> it's like Dorothy coming to Oz, <laughs> living in a world that's black and white. And then all of a sudden it's in color. Welcome, beautiful beings, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast with your host, Harrison Ma. This podcast sets the loving intention of creating the mystical space needed to pull back the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. Now let's walk you home to your cosmic spiritual heart space. Before we continue this beautiful chat today, wonderful souls, I need to jump in here to share something really exciting. If you've been following these episodes or you've been following me on social media, you know that I am in the process of releasing my first book, Your Cosmic Love Antenna, Define, Embody, and Emit Your Unique Frequency of Love. And at the time of this episode release, pre-orders are now open. If you have been pulled to this show, if you're looking to understand the what, the how, and the why of love, if you're looking to apply some of the tools connected to your chakras in a child, releasing religious trauma, ancestral healing, emotional release, and so much more, then this beautiful expression from my heart to yours is for you. If you are looking to channel more of your unique gifts and the divine frequency that you are, these pages will open all of this up. And if you're interested, all you need to do is go to cosmicloveantenna.com. That's cosmicloveantenna.com. And you can pre-order this book right now. If you pre-order, click on that link, put in your email. You're going to get access to some special gifts that I'm only offering to those who get in before I release it fully. These gifts are going to be some more channeled meditations, activations, and some other surprises from my heart to yours. So head over to cosmicloveantenna.com, pre-order this beautiful expression. And I can't wait to hear how it shifts your life. If you're listening to this after pre-order sales, that same link can be also used to go to the direct purchase link. Sending love, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode today. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical beings. Welcome back to the show and a loving conversation today. We're going to get into all things sensitivities and your beautiful superpowers. But before I get to that, a loving reminder, if you are new to the show, welcome. If you are a returning listener, it's nice to have you back in this energetic space. If you get some value out of this conversation today, remember you can always share this out with a friend, a family member, a lover. If you gain some mystical tidbits and wish to leave your comments, feedback, and reviews, you can head over to Apple and Spotify. And remember to listen to this show, this episode to the end to make sure you soak up everything that is expressed because I'm already feeling, as I was just sharing with the guest, that we're going to get to some deep and emotional but profound spaces. So you make you want to make sure you get a little every little piece of it. The conversation we're going to have today is about all things reclaiming your sensitivity, specifically reclaiming it as your superpower. And the lovely guest I have today to do that is the powerful Laura Ann. Laura Ann is a healing mentor for empaths and sensitives, appropriately enough. And we're going to break down today really what this means, what it means for your sensitivity to be a superpower. What are some of the tools we can use to activate and support this? And interestingly enough, we're going to get into maybe some of the trauma and the pain that is on top of these beautiful sensitivities from emerging. So Laura Ann, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you so much for inviting me into this space and inviting me to have this really important conversation. I'm really excited to be here. I, uh, I did a meditation just before we had this 
before we got on the call and I was tuning into this idea of a collective where we, we, we achieve this goal, right? A collective where we've acknowledged some of our sensitivities as individuals and we've stood in it as our superpower. And I, I visualize what that looks like, but I guess the question I want to start with here, my friend, as it's bubbling up, one, do you also have this visualization? Do you imagine a collective world of beautiful empaths and sensitives? And two, what does that look like for you? Oh, I love this question. The answer is yes. And um, I think that is really what is termed as Lumeria, as heaven on earth. And that's what we're really moving towards. <laughs> that's what this grand awakening is really moving everyone towards. And and this is, I feel this is just one of the many waves, one of the many ripples that is you know, pushing us towards the shore of this new reality that we're all co-creating together and that this reclamation of self and uh, empowered claiming and remembering of our own sensitivity is a huge part of that. Yeah, I think it's so beautifully said, my friend, and I think the, there are so many spiritual mentors now that have a different name for the same thing that you just described, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. the 3D to 5D shift, whether it's the Eckhart Tolle, you know, the new earth, whether it's, you know, uh, Dolores Cannon talking about the shift into the, they're, they're all saying the same thing. And I, for me, I guess it's, it fills my heart full of gratitude to really be a soul that's a part of this transition right now in our, in our timeline, right? Um, yeah. It's a really exciting time to be alive. Yeah, well, Laura, let's Laura Ann, let's let's take a step take a step back. And I want to that was just on my heart, but I want to now ask a little bit about your your journey. Well, I think that the past we want to be in the present, but the past does you know it does dictate a little bit to sort of where we are now. It's a light that we are. So before I throw some sensitive questions your way. I'd love to know a little bit about what awakened you to the sensitive superpower that you are. Mm, what awakened me to my sensitivity superpowers? Oh, dark nights of the soul, deep suffering, and ultimately um just the love for myself i think that was showering through guides and angels and my higher self and source that was ever present omnipresent but wasn't really understood or really accepted in the level of personhood and personality until I got through a few more layers of healing. Mm. Um, but that that love, as so divine love, I guess, would be mm. part that, of that answer also. That was it sounds like it feels like I'm gonna be saying that word a lot this this chat I can already <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that that was gradual for you, right? It was a it was a, a gradual process rather than a sort of you know one moment of extreme and correct me if I'm wrong, but extreme pain that sort of forced you to wake up, correct? Yes, that's correct. It felt like a bit like, um, not whack-a-mole, that's maybe a little bit too abrupt, but that sense of uh, something poking its head out from this, the surface of the water and then resubmerging and and, you know, maybe you catch it out of the corner of your eye and think, oh, you yeah. know, I, I feel like that's significant. I feel like that's something, but not being able to to see it or feel it or have the evidence or have the name or the language to understand what it is or just, you know, be ready to look at it. Mm. Um, but it was always that sense of a, a, an unfolding, yeah. an unfolding. The language element of what you're describing is is significant to me because within the spiritual community, 
and this is just like a little pet peeve that I have, and I see it in myself too, right? Is we, we spend so much time uh, pushing the ego away, pushing the mind away. And while I think we need to be mindful of our ego and our mind, if we can support it with the language, like you just said, the language around what is actually happening to me. Why am I having this awakening? Why am I so sensitive? Why do I have these beautiful gifts and these expressions? Then like any other part of our being, the mind gets on board, right? It, 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 it adjusts to that new frequency that we're at through the language that we give it. Do you agree with that, my friend? Oh, absolutely. Language has such power and it's one of the main colors that we paint and can relate to and understand our reality with and through. And so um, it's it's something I feel there's a beautiful, as in all things, there's a beautiful balance between giving myself permission to speak as the words come without feeling the need to edit and self-edit myself just to allow those words to come through. And then I can always pivot and adjust as needed um, moving on or ask myself, is what I said true? Does that feel true to me? Is that aligned? Um, <laughs> and, and check back in and uh, be aware of the language that I'm using and invite myself to inquire about it often because it is so powerful and change yeah. and and not fearing the change if needed right not judging yeah. the change if needed i think that's probably the word there judging the change if needed let's yeah. let's go back here i want to ask about you know the title of this episode is going to be tuning into your sensitivities as a superpower so mm. but specifically reclaiming them your sensitivities mm -hmm. as a superpower. So let me ask you, my friend, why do you think we even need to do that? Oh. <laughs> Good response. Yeah, <laughs> just a full body sigh on that one. Um, you know, we come into this world as children with full knowledge and acceptance of who we are, what our gifts are, and how to how to engage with them and, and with the world with this really deep, deep sense of love and, and belonging and uh, clarity. We were so close still to, to divine love. And, and then through uh, just growing up in our own nuclear familial units through the stories and um narratives that have been passed down ancestrally into our primary caregivers that are then modeled to us in our specific culture and society you know people call it programming um i, I also like to think of it as you know just ancestral narratives right and for so long we were storytelling people before written language speaking of language and this is how we learn this is how we learn to survive as human beings and um, and so there are all of these ancestral narratives that we have then through our childhood experiences internalized, um, some that have been verbalized to us and others that we've experienced through um, trauma, through just, you know, trial and error of um, seeing what's accepted and what's not accepted and wanting to be accepted by those we love and wanting to be worthy of love by those in our tribe and in our nuclear family. And so it's all of these different layers. And especially today, uh, you know, there are still pockets, I suppose, in, in our global community who are less affected by technology and globalization and industrialization and capitalism and all of those things. Um, but so many of us, the majority of us are. And those are, those are also narratives that have been passed down and through so many different avenues, it's like this omnipresent marketing <laughs> that exists for these ancestral narratives and um, that deny what we know as children to be true. Yes, yeah. our birthright, exactly. And, and that's learned, that's something that we learn. 
And so that's where the reclamation comes in. Yeah. So beautifully said, my friend, and it, it highlights one of the things I'm so passionate about and it, and it feels as if you are so passionate about too. It's this idea of ancestral healing, right? And really, mm. really looking down these, these lines within us, but they're not, they're not outside of us. They're in us as you just highlighted beautifully. And it's a, and the onion analogy comes in, right? It's, it's, it's acknowledging all these different layers of programming that deserve to be moved through. And, and I think what's important to highlight here is that we're not moving through them just because we like pain, just because we love, we are maybe masochists. We're not, that's not the reason. Cause I, 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 I highlight that because it's so easy to get stuck in that. It's so easy mm-hmm. to get stuck in the healing for the sake of healing or the, so or, the or the, or the, the doing in the pulling back of the layers. But what's important here. And with, this is why I wanted to have you on this show to have this chat is we're pulling those layers back to express more of our light, right? To express more of these sensitivities, which I would say are gifts, which are connected to our gifts, our clear senses channeling, which we'll, you know, we'll talk about later. But if I can yeah, please, interject please, very please. quickly here, one of the things you you sort of flipped a, a switch in my in a connection here between what you're describing of the layers and the moving through and the not getting stuck in it. I got started as a body worker. And so for me, that's one of the ways that I conceive of, of everything. <laughs> and you're, what you're describing is also the way we heal within our physiology. And when we think about fascia and the way that we experience um, physical trauma, emotional trauma, you know, uh, emotions, energy, things that get stuck within our system. It's there's an ossification, there's a solidification that happens within our body, within our connective tissue, where we're contracting and um, solidifying on ourselves until we're able to unwind and process and release and reliquify. Yeah. Because we are actually scientifically liquid crystal beings. Mm. And so that that felt very important to just put put in um, because there is this it's it's a constant process like that's how we were made um, and it doesn't always feel great sometimes it does right? it sort of depends on on what layer we're going through and, and what step we're on in the the healing path. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you went there. I have questions for you later about this beautiful body keeping score aspect, but it's it's so important to realize that this is, and I have fallen to this trap as as anyone that does, right? It's this this misconception that our all these stories and these programs that we were talking about before, we can we can f- misunderstand it as just a mind or a brain thing, mm-hmm. but that our consciousness that is being impacted by these stories and layers is throughout a whole being. So mm-hmm. my my little toe could hold on to a story of disconnection to my sensitivities just as much as, you know, my brain and my head could, right? It's it's I, I did a I did a yoga session with a friend yesterday. And I don't know if you've experienced uh yoga nidra before, but it's yes. Oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it highlights exactly what you're saying, right? It highlights just bringing that conscious awareness and release and, mm. and, and loving attention to just our being our full body being in general and how that can help us release and let go. Right. Speaking of sensitivities, but Lauren, let's, before we get back into the body, I do want to actually go deeper here into because you you hit on ancestral wounds, mm. but I actually let's let's go super woo. And okay, let's do it. <laughs> let, <laughs> let's let's talk about past lives because we mm-hmm. I we had a pre chat and we talked about this and and this is one of you know it just lights me up when I'm able to speak to someone like you about this because it is such a you know, I look into the future when we were speaking about the start of this chat, looking into the collective shift that we're going through. I see this as part of that shift, that this kind of conversation becoming normal, right? Just like 
ancestral healing has been scientifically validated. I also foresee this past life healing and and trauma release also being validated. So let's one, what are, what are your thoughts around this, my friend? And then we can get into some of your specific uh, examples that you've lived. So I think it's worth putting in here that if a past version of myself could hear me having this conversation now, she would think that I had completely gone bananas. <laughs> and so, um, you know, just for anyone listening who is maybe questioning, that's okay. Um, and you know, what, what you believe today may shift and change as, as you do. Um, so I, I feel the same. I feel it's a really important conversation and, and it's one, um, that I think it, in the context of thinking about prophets and thinking about, um, visionaries and thinking about artists, there, there are realms that we do not see with our physical eyes. There are truths that we can feel that we don't know how to put into words. And that is, that is the realm through which I've experienced past lives. Yeah. Yeah. What, let me ask you, how does this connect to the repression of sensitivities and the repression of powers? So, I'll give an example here to end and, and I'd love to hear some of yours. So for example, you, in our pre-chat, you shared a little bit about your, your Celtic past lives and your, your connection to, uh, the witch trials. So for, for me, which is my example that I want to give, uh, me being in the witch trials and even Atlantean past lives that I've experienced, there was a lot of persecution around my mm -hmm. sensitivities. And now I feel, even as I speak to you in this moment, I feel the rippling of that in my being now when I, when I, when I make the active choice of embodying and stepping, stepping into said sensitivity. So Juan, what are your experiences with this? And I guess the larger question, based off those experiences, how can we learn to step forward from them? Mm -hmm. There's so much wounding around really being seen. And, and that in and of itself, I mean, we could talk about that for a really long time. I think there's such, when we're, when we're talking about the shifting of our reality into this new, um, this new earth or the 5D or Lumeria or, you know, whatever heaven, heaven, the kingdom of heaven on earth, however you want to verbalize that for yourself or what you believe in, what we're shifting out of is a much denser frequency that is rooted in survival and, and fear. And I think to circle back to what you said before, it's remembering too what how our bodies have have also been created over time and, and we do have a nervous system that is designed to help us to survive and we have a, a history as animal beings on this earth as well right and so all of that just to to keep in mind there the sense of control of fear of belonging of worthiness of being loved of being accepted um, of going against the norm, all of these things, you can see them historically, cross-culturally throughout time on earth as, as a thread, as a, as a common current that runs through everywhere. It's one of the reasons why there are these sort of archetypal stories that, that people and cultures all over the world can relate to together and feel and understand. It's why you know, movies can have subtitles in 20 different languages and be a hit everywhere. It's because people feel the truth in those stories through their own lived experiences, through their ancestors' experiences. 
and through their experiences of past lives, even if they're not conscious of that. And so there are so many different um, representations of control in our society and in our lives. And that could at, at all levels. And, you know, this is this sort of, again, it's as above, so below, as within, so without. There's all of these different layers of this. And a part of that is, um, you know, the these elements of control, whether it's the patriarchal figure in your family or the patriarchal figure in the religious institution or the government um, or in your village what, or you know, within your own psyche. These personas and these forces that are attempting to batten down and control that maybe originally was rooted in survival, um, it, it can completely uh, if it's not, it, it takes on a life of its own mm. and, and acts as a constriction. So again, I bring it back into the analogy of the body, right? It could be something that hasn't really been worked through and is really constricting us and keeping us from reliquifying and being in that fluid state. Um, and, just, and so just, just to, just to add here, Lauren, I, yeah. I just want to, because it's 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 almost screaming through me. the The solution to that, in what you're beautifully highlighting, is well, there's many solutions, but I think the first step is just bringing loving awareness to it, right? Mm, the, everything yes. everything you just described, right? I'm like nodding my head to, and and it's because not just because I agree with you, but it's also because there those parts have been inside of me, but I've brought loving illumination to them and i just i want to highlight this because again the the other archetype and the other story that we all have of the just needing to do more sometimes the act of observation is an act of loving creation onto itself right just holding mm. it and observing it so so i interrupted you keep going i just wanted to highlight that point i think that is such an important point to highlight and it's why you know, invitation to inquiry is one of the cornerstones of my own healing journey and practice and, and in the way that I create and hold space for others to do the same. Um, so your original question was around, I'm trying to find the thread again. Well, I'll, 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 I'll create a new one from it. Let me ask you about, cause you spoke about, uh, you spoke about, I'm going to try and uh, lovingly ease into this because I know there's a lot of density here. You yeah. spoke about, you gave the example of one of these groups that has this control and and this, that creates this fear consciousness being religious, religious groups. And I'm wondering if you could speak to your, your past life as a monk. And I want to, I want to, Give, I want you to share this example because, and I'll and I'll give this context here. As a as someone who has gone through his own past lives, where I've acknowledged that my sensitivities have been persecuted by religious groups outside of me. As someone who wasn't mm -hmm. religious, right? As someone who who was either maybe pagan, someone that was maybe more earthbound and didn't follow the the mainstream religious ideology of the time. And within that, I think I'm not alone in this. It's very easy for me to paint a broad brush and say that all religious persecution is religious groups against non-religious groups. But that's not what you experienced. That's not what you experienced in one of your past lives. So I'm wondering if you can speak to that experience you had as a monk. Yeah. So... I'm not sure what century I'm, I have this sense that it was maybe the, maybe the very early colonial times in Spanish colonies. Um, that was sort of the look and the feel of the place. And it was, I was a, a male monk and I was in a small monastery 
pretty modest, but you know, we grew our own food. There was a courtyard, you know, where we were growing our own food and it was a pretty small, but it felt well-established space. And there was a real sense of terror and sudden invasion by a group of, um, uh, I, I want to say knights, but they weren't knights, but that like heavily armored men on horseback, um, you know, oh, kind horses. of, you would think, yeah, horses, um, and coming in and, and trampling through and, um, pillaging the coffers of the monastery and basically just murdering everyone that was there, um, that they could get their hands on. And, and I had a sense even that, um, you know, they were, they were Spaniards and that they weren't, that we, there was this sense of like outrage and shock because they were supposed to be, you know, good Christian men was kind of the feeling and the energy that was there. Um, of course, all of that was really overwhelmed with just complete terror. And I, I was hiding, I was hiding in terror and was one, I think one of the only survivors of the attack. And um, a couple things there, um, I think, you know, coming back to reclaiming sensitivity, it's so interesting to me because I think cloistered life, whether as a monk or a nun, is one of the ways that really sensitive people um, who are conforming to to the culture with, within uh, which they were born, that was an avenue that they could pursue where, where those things could be perceived as, as religious spiritual gifts from God. Um, and, uh, but that is one of where one of the, you know, there are many different lives where this wound has presented itself, but yeah. that was one big one where, you know, visibility and the fear of being seen for who I truly am felt um, very, very dangerous and yeah. life-threatening. So first of all, my friend, thank you for sharing that. And I can feel, I can, I can feel the emotion and and the, the tangibility in that experience. So thank you for opening your heart to share it with us. I, this, this bravery to step into our sensitivities, to step into that, as you said, being seen. I just want to give this example here because I think this transitions beautifully into what I want to speak more about with the body now with you is I think we can get stuck in the illusion that someone outside of us whether it is a religious group whether it's a cultural group whether it's a family a familial group a, a social friend group that they are going to give us that safety that they are going to give us that permission to stand in our sensitive power our our expression our truth our gifts that we decide to embody but i think it's a reminder that in those moments despite all of the potential trauma that may be moving through us, past life, ancestral or otherwise, that it's in that moment where we do feel like we need to go outside of ourselves to get that permission, that we can go in, right? That's the point where we can actually surrender into more of our, more of our divinity, right? More of our power, more of our fundamental safety and security because it's, it's there inside of us, just most of us, myself included, we're not taking we're not taking the step to go in. So one, I'm wondering if what you have to say about this, my friend, and two, how do you think this connects now to the body? Hmm. When we don't take steps to turn inward, it's because we haven't accessed or been shown how to do that in a way that feels safe. And that's something we can all learn to do. <laughs> so, and that is something for me, the gateway to that was through my body. And that's not the gateway for everyone. In fact, I feel that that can be um, an unusual gateway for people who really identify as empaths. I think a lot of empaths feel feel safer starting or or have that gateway appear to them because of the sense of safety that exists in the upper chakras and in the upper more ethereal realms 
And it's through those experiences that they're brought to that ability to start to to feel safe and and to turn inward and to question and to inquire. Um, And I had such a separation um, and had become so, so dissociated and just very sick. So that for me, spiritually sick, like I, I had completely cut myself off from spirit and from source through my own life experiences. And so that wasn't a, a, an avenue that was available for me um, yet. <laughs> I'd cut that, I'd closed that road down. <laughs> and so the gateway that appeared to me was through body work. And eventually that road led me back to opening my connection with spirituality and with source and eventually rediscovering and reclaiming my birthright as a sensitive soul and as an empath. So I think it's interesting. You gave the example of, (laughs) and as you were sharing it, I just got so many visions of uh, people that I've spent time with, worked with friends, family members that fall into this category of uh, using, not using the body as a gateway first, using the, the higher chakras as a gateway first. And while I agree with you, I think you need to start where you feel best. Yes. I do. Yes. I would say that it is inevitable that we will come back to the body because mm-hmm. if we do start with the crown or the third eye, for example, and we go, we fly off into the, into the spiritual realms and uh, astral projecting and connecting to our higher consciousness and frequencies and channeling, there will inevitably come a point where we feel ungrounded where we feel mm-hmm. lost in the clouds, where we feel uh, it's like it's the it's getting too much in the feminine, right? It's like just like the masculine can be too much, which is the which is unfortunately the norm. The feminine can be too much. We can get too much in the in the creation of it all and and in the flowing and the and the and the feeling of it all, and then not have that physical pillar to ground back into. So I just share that for people listening because this is a this is something I help people with all the time is really the priority coming back to the body at some point, mm-hmm. not realizing that it's a, it's a necessity rather than an option. Yeah. That's so, thank you for that reminder. It's so valuable. And, um, I feel the first of what you said, it's, it's about resonance. It's about access points and um, there's a term in body work, and I think, you know, in this in the spiritual circles as well, but where I first heard it and, and took it uh, and integrated that was it was in the realm of body work. And that is meet them where they're at. And that applies to yourself as well. Meet yourself where you're at, you know, do do what feels in alignment to you now with the, the knowledge that that is definitely going to shift and grow and change. And maybe you'll circle back and, you know, through the many layered onion, multidimensional onion that you are on the, on the roller coaster ride of healing loop de loop that that is. I just, I just sure saw, saw a beautiful t-shirt with that on, on it. I am, I am a multidimensional onion. I love it. Um, my friend, I want to ask you another question here now around you know, this body work and it, and mm-hmm. it sort of connects these two sections of this chat that we've been talking about. And it's the role of going into the body and integrating karmic lessons using, I'm wondering if you can speak to the role of using the body to help us balance our karma. And I, and I want to just spend a time here just, just defining karma here. Cause I think that's another word that within the spiritual community there's a lot of uh there is many perspectives on it as there is people using the word and just to pick it very simple i would define karma as either balanced or unbalanced energy and we talked about the ancestral line and the and the past life line a lot of that mostly unbalanced energy is accumulated from those different experiences so how can we use the body in your experience my friend to integrate and balance some of this karmic, these karmic lessons. I love your definition of karma. 
And I think when we're experiencing balanced or unbalanced energy, it feels much more complex than that, right? And so I just want to put that out there too. It's simple, but it's not simplistic. Um, and, and we are here as these spiritual beings incarnated into the, these physical bodies so that we can balance those unbalanced energies so that we can work through our karma. That is what the classroom of earth was designed to do. That's why it's here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's why that's what we're students here doing. Um, and so those are the, the karmic lessons of our life experiences that are creating the spaces for us to balance those energies. And what does that, Laura Ann, what does that look like practically? So, because I asked this to you as a body worker, how can, because mm. you know, I'm really, I really enjoy these chats and, and going off into the spiritual heights, but I'm also very aware that a lot of people that listen to this show also want to take practical tools and snippets away mm. to start doing this. So, how does that look like on a practical level? So for example, is it doing different breathwork exercises? Is it doing different yogic, you know, poses? What, what would you say to this? Again, circling back to meeting yourself where you're at as just an intention, because I think it's easy to let the shoulds take the driver's seat. And that's, um, that is not a really healing space to, to work from because there's this already a sense of less than or not right. Um, and comparing that happens when, when the, that should energy is there. Um, and so, and I think part of it too, is that when we're talking about stepping into your, your own power, it's honoring that you know what it is you need. And so um, listening and just creating space to start to develop discernment around what feels good to you, what your needs are, and then taking consistent action regularly to meet those needs. I would encourage a holistic approach and always to invite movement as a part of that, um, because that is a part of balancing energy, right? Is moving it through your physical system, moving it through your energetic chakras. Um, and, and so there's that acknowledgement that you are an instrument that is mind, body, spirit, inextricably intertwined. And as an instrument, you can be out of tune and it's figuring out what is in tune for you, what pitch you need to play in in any given moment, what harmonies are happening around you, right? And so um, in a kind of a, just a framework of an approach to the work, that's my invitation and um, that's my invitation Beautiful. to you. I would say as far as the body, um, again, it's coming back to really inviting that awareness that you were talking about, Harrison, and just creating a little bit of space to feel, whether it's five minutes, again, you know, meet yourself where it at. What, what feels accessible? If I'm someone, if I'm working with someone who has not been in their body for a very long time, the way that we work with body is very different from working with someone who's a yogi who does yoga every single day and has a developed practice. So it's just being really compassionately honest with yourself. Um, if we're talking about the body, you know, how do I feel? What is the information that my body is trying to tell me? And very often when we're first starting this journey, we'll ask ourselves, you know, where, where do I most need to sh shine my light of attention? Where, where do I need to start? And the answer that comes back is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just or, to normalize or, that. Or nothing. 
or nothing at all. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so that's okay. And then just play around with, well, what if I did know? Yeah. Or just patiently waiting for something to surface. And um, maybe if you don't have an answer of where to start, just starting somewhere that seems interesting and seeing how that feels and just giving yourself permission to play and to experiment and to be curious. So when in doubt, I would say connect with your inner child and ask them what they want and what would feel good. And, um, and just all, invite curiosity. All my, all my listeners just, they screamed with, with love when you said inner child, because I speak about that, <laughs> that topic all, all the time here, but I just, thank you for that beautiful outline my friend and that whole as you were just sharing all of that the the theme that was consistent through all of it was this divine feminine right of the mm. of the feeling the stillness the being the 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 voice of of the of the mother of the of the nurturer and i just want to tie this back to you know that what we sp we spoke about at the start of this conversation of all the layers of suppression, right? Whether it be the cultural, whether it be the religious, whether it be, you know, the theme that you could probably connect all of them to is the suppression of the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. it, I, as an example of this, I feel it's so easy to hear the word patriarchy and think of it as just a physical male suppressing the physical female but i would actually encourage people to go deeper and say it's there is a collective suppression of the divine feminine at a whole at a whole as an energetic that's exist within male or physical physical male or physical female so i think it's really allowing <laughs> as you beautifully highlighted that divine feminine to reawaken no matter mm. your physiology, no matter your culture, no matter your religion, no matter your background, because, and again, mm. tying this back to this new earth that we're shifting into, and this, I think that's another thing, right? It's it's the embracing of the divine feminine that's always been there. And, and an acceptance of the wounded masculine is such a huge part of that. That is, that is when I hear patriarchy, you know, that and within all of us, right at all these different levels within myself, <laughs> um, you know, the, there is that just the deep wounded masculine, and that is a part of the divine feminine energy that's unfolding at this time is, is actually creating space for the divine masculine to heal because it's the wounded masculine that suppresses the feminine yes. yeah. rather than creating yeah. a safe structure within which the feminine can flow mm. and create. Mm -hmm. Thank you for adding that. Yeah, that's a, I, and I think that's a symptom. That'll be a symptom of, they get, they, they're not, <laughs> it's so easy for us to, to separate, right. And, 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 and segment these two things, the masculine mm -hmm. and they, they dance together in us and mm -hmm. through a collective, right? Uh, I have a couple more questions here for you, my friend. And the, the second last one here I want to ask you is our pre-chat, you said something very profound that I want you to elaborate on. And mm. it's within this distinction, within this being a sensitive soul conversation, a distinction between the term and the label of hypersensitive versus being a a channel a sensitive channel that is consciously bringing in streams of frequency and and consciously and i don't want to say in control but balanced in that in that hypersensitive is that does that question make sense does the, the distinction there i think so let me speak to it and and you can tell me if if i'm understanding you so there's a really it comes down to empowered choice and acceptance of self 
Um, and again, it's that, you know, the, the meeting yourself um, and accepting the reality that is you rather than resisting the reality that that is you. And so for me, for a really long time, um, I was fighting and suppressing my sensitivity uh, for a multitude of reasons and um, through many layers of conditioning and ancestral narratives and programming and traumatic experience, right? And the life that was co-creating as a result of this resistance and this sense of struggle and constriction was one of suffering. And it felt like because of this sort of unconscious state of reactivity in resisting what is and, and running away from what was there, um, there, there was a sense that my sensitivity and my very nature were a curse and that there was something wrong with me. And um, it felt very much like I could, many, I can, I'm feeling back, you know, many versions of myself in the past kind of, you know, in the dark, tearing my hair out, like, why is this so hard? <laughs> what is wrong with me? Why can't I? And, and then there were shifts that just allowed me to see that it didn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. If I just started to turn towards the light. those spaces within myself and even, even the dark spaces within myself that I'd been running from, just turning towards myself to meet myself with grace, with compassion, with curiosity, um, and with love. And that, that choice to love myself and accept myself, which by definition meant accepting my sensitivity as a part of me and my gifts, um, just completely shifted my trajectory and the way that I perceive everything within my inner and outer realities. And that so beautiful. That's exactly what I was, I wanted you to speak to my friend and what I'd add to this is that shift. It it doesn't like the, it doesn't, things don't end once that shift occurs. If anything Mm -hmm. through that self-acceptance, in my experience, the channel stream opens more right through that, through that acceptance of our sensitivities and the embracing of all aspects of ourselves, the light and the shadow, as you said, that is the gateway to more of our power coming through, right? That is the gateway to, Yes, I'm, um, I've, I've shared this many times here on the show, but I'm in the process of moving through a mystery school where I'm opening up a lot of my gifts and I've, I've experienced that. I've experienced that little channel stream that, that is restricted by my own, uh, unconscious and conscious holding on of beliefs about who I think I should be by the surrendering through those and releasing of them and accepting myself fully, that narrow channel stream now opens more and those sensitivities, they increase, but are now, now instead of fearing them or labeling them or pushing them away or thinking I'm too much, I'm now actually being more of what I've always been. I love the way you've said that being more of what I've always been. And it's as though there's a, um, a potency of essence that happens when there's that acceptance, because I mean, there was so much of my life where so much of my energy and attention went to fuzzing myself and my reality. Um, I've also had a a sobriety journey through this healing journey of my own. And so, you know, there's, and and I think this is a very common experience for sensitives is one of the ways we, when we're in the space of, of not accepting our sensitivity and of feeling that it is a hindrance 
to our ability to do what we need to do in life and be who we're supposed to be in our lives, as we've been told and shown and modeled that, um, I lost my thread that there's a, a tendency for us to turn towards numbing and dissociation. And part of that is nervous system wiring. Um, but you know, it's, it's also seeking those experiences, seeking those relationships, seeking those professions, seeking the food, you know, seeking the entertainment, right? All of those things that we're seeking to help further that disconnect and to numb and to pad and to protect ourselves because that's what we've been taught to do. That's what we've learned to do in, in order to dull that sensitivity. And so um, when that shift happens, it's like all of a sudden you're loving in technicolor. <laughs> it's like Dorothy coming to Oz, <laughs> living in a world that's black and white. And then all of a sudden it's in color. Yeah. And, and the world didn't change. The lens that you took off did right? It, nothing, the world stayed the same, but it was your beautiful consciousness and expansion that shifted internally, which I think is probably the most empowering piece of this whole conversation, right? My friend, thank you for the conversation today. It's been a beautiful, sensitive chat that I, you know, I'm really grateful because I get to start my date with this. So I'm really grateful for you and the work that you do in the world and your beautiful, sensitive heart. If, Laura Ann, if people tuning in have connected to you have really loved your beautiful heart and the work that you're doing in the world what do you want to share with them how can they get in touch with you i know mm. you know are you still doing body work what what are the, what are some of the services you want to provide well i would invite you to just connect with me on instagram my instagram is sensitive underscore collective and I do a live question and answer session every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, just as a, a gift, as a resource. So if you have any questions that came up during this amazing conversation with Harrison, I would love to explore them with you there. I also have a website that has information about all of the work that I do. I, I tend to work in healing mentorship containers of, of varying sizes. And I'm about to, in 2023, start a series of master classes that I'll be doing every month. So sign up for my newsletter on my website and stay in tune and stay in touch. And I would love to connect with you. I also, via that um, website, have another free resource for your listeners called the Empath's Guide to Thrive. I think I might, I might have to check that one out as a beautiful empath myself uh listeners as always if you go to the show notes of this episode in your player click details you'll see all the links to laura ann's uh, website and everything she just explained my friend this is the cosmic love antenna and the last question i have for you that i would love to hear you pour into is as a little boy i was very disillusioned with the idea that my high power or god is a man on a cloud that is keeping score and without going into that whole story what i was able to come back to was actually connecting to love as a higher power and love as that deeper divinity that's inside of all of us especially myself so i'm wondering in your world my friend how do you define that love word yourself hmm. <laughs> Love is vulnerable acceptance. I think that feels, again, that feel word connects beautifully into everything we've talked about today, right? Especially as a, as a, and I don't want to say tool, but I want to say a pathway back into our, our beautiful sensitivities. My friend, I love you very much. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your time today. 
I hope that this has given value to all the beautiful listeners out there in the podcast world. Remember, again, if it has, please share this far and wide with anyone you feel it can open and expand. But until next time, here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, we send you love, we send you light, and we'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Before I leave you today, beautiful beings, I'm so excited to share a special announcement just with you. On the 20th to the 23rd of April, 2023, I and a fellow guest of the show, the beautiful Ali Pause, will be hosting live in Tulum, Mexico, the Cosmic Heart Tour. And I have Ali here with me now in this moment. Ali, I wanted to ask you from my heart to yours, why... Should the beautiful souls listening come and join us in Mexico? Hmm. Well, when I hear Tulum, Mexico, well, I guess it's a yes for me, no matter what, because the re- I, I feel like a lot of us in the last, you know, it's been a couple years since we've been through this traumatic, whatever you want to call it. And also those in the Northern he- Hemisphere, particularly Canada has really long, hard core winters and it can be cold and lonely. And I think where a lot of us are craving this community and this healing sacred space and travel. I haven't traveled in so long. So the fact that we met on clubhouse like two years ago and the people listening to us in our rooms, our events have now connected with us and we have the opportunity to meet and share our gifts together in a, a beautiful place in Tulum, Mexico is unbelievable to me. I'm just to the moon. So there's a lot of different reasons. Um, those are th- what I'm excited about as well as being able to share what I call my medicine that has helped me, which is the yoga, the meditation, the craniosacral and our book that we're birthing. So I think there's a lot of little gifts and nuggets people can get from this experience. Um, I've been doing retreats since 2014 and this healing immersive experience is I know the power behind them. I know what goes into them. I know what people get out of them. Um, so I'm just excited for whoever's coming really. I mean, I'm excited to be actually facilitating something live because I've been doing everything online Um, And the fact that I can be with you, my dear friend, I'm ecstatic about it. So I invite you to join us in Mexico. Join us for some meditations, activations, yoga, cranial sacral therapy, a book release, a live Q&A, poetry, and so much more. These spots are going to fill up super quick because our intention is to make this exclusive and intimate. So please DM me Cosmic Heart Tour on any of my social channels. That's Cosmic Heart Tour on any of my social channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and we'll book in a meeting so you can join the love. I'm so excited to connect with you in the flesh. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gain value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify star feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric 
ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast.